This podcast is brought to you by Dr. James McIntyre and his team at Adjust Your Health in North Calgary. When I met Dr. James almost 20 years ago, I was taking 10 to 12 Advil every day just to get through my workday, not to mention the stuff I was doing at night like alcohol and other substances. I suffered from chronic pain due to car accidents, sports injury, and repetitive motion damage from being a drywaller. I had worked in the trades for nearly 20 years and had more than 10 car accidents, three very serious ones. I had some severe sports-related injuries. Most of my cryo SI would only give me temporary relief from day-to-day pain. It was getting expensive and depressing to see the other doctors knowing that I would be right back into the same boat the next morning. I was lucky that the last chiropractor I saw said that she cannot help me anymore and directed me to Dr. James McIntyre. After only a few visits, I felt tremendously better. Most of my pain had left, my mobility was coming back, and I didn't need as much Advil. If I remember right, it was only a few months and I was almost completely off the pills and life was getting better. I have known Dr. James and his crew for almost 18 years and referred almost everyone I know to him and they have become Adjust Your Health advocates. The team at Adjust Your Health offers a wide array of services including acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, and physiotherapy. They believe in a multidisciplinary approach to patients' care and use a variety of techniques to help their patients achieve their goals of pain relief or injury resolution to improve sports performance. Calgary is privileged to have such a highly qualified team of practitioners available to accommodate your health and well-being needs. If you are in pain or an athlete or just want to be as healthy as possible, check them out at www.ayhcalgary.com. Our next sponsor is Paul Nye from Nye's Touch and Nye's Tats. There's some debate over who invented the first motorbike. Several men claim to have the first designer patent. Regardless who it was, my guess is that the very next year, some dude started customizing his newly invented contraption. Throughout history, men and women have been altering their transportation to move faster, turn sharper, or turn ahead or two. If you are customizing your ride to be low and slow, shiny and fast, loud and obnoxious, You have not completed the project until you have your custom paint job done. Paul Nye at Nye's Touch is your guy for custom paint on bikes, boats, cars, buses, or anything else you ride. You want a bike that looks like no one else? Nice Touch. You want to honor a fallen friend with the hood of your car? Nice Touch. You want a mural of your favorite girl on the side of a bus? You guessed it. Nice Touch. Paul has been airbrushing for more than 15 years and his work will take your breath away. Check out his work on Instagram at Dripping Chrome or on Facebook at Nice Touch or call him at 587-435-4602 for your free estimate. Don't forget, Paul will be in a tattoo studio near me soon. And now, on with the show. No. Podcast. With Chad Ferguson. Hey everybody, this is Chad from the I Want to Know podcast, a kick-ass podcast. I'm here today with uh, my newly favorite artist, Serena Love uh, from She She Wolf Studios in Grand Prairie. I highly suggest you guys all check out the art. How's it going? 
Uh, really well. Yeah. How was your drive yes. down from uh, Grand Prairie? You know what? The roads were clean. Nice. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Very, very cool. Yes. And so what's the purpose of being down in the area? We're lucky to have you here, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I really lucked out that I was introduced to you, so I got to do this podcast. Um, I just finished doing a kick-ass photo shoot. So... Uh, my personality is running about 34% right now, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a great experience. And cool. then tonight we're going to go see a comedy show. Mo America. Yes, yeah, yes. I'm excited. I actually just watched his uh, special, uh, Netflix special this morning. He's very, very so funny, good. so I'm pumped. I'm hoping there's some new stuff in there, but I would watch that show all over again. Live. Right? Yeah, it right? was amazing. So how did we get introduced? Who who was the in-between person? Uh, Jamie. Jamie Pruden. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I met him at an art battle in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's an art battle? An art battle is kind of like a rap battle, only the artists uh, set up and they paint. They have 20 minutes to paint. Um, they get voted into the finals and oh, then, cool. yeah, yeah, it's very cool. It's like speed painting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> how, is that stressful? It's, uh, it can be. Yeah. So the first time I had no planning, um, I, I drove down to Edmonton. I had about an hour to eat to get to the place and, uh, I killed it. Nice. Like, yes, it was, it was awesome at Felt really good. The second time, holy shit, <laughs> I bombed. Yeah. I bombed so hard. I couldn't even, I, it was the first time, actually, it was the first time in, in my whole art career um, where I had that moment where I was just like, I can't turn this around. <laughs> like, I could just walk away from this, from being on the spotlight right now because it's not going Wow. The way I want it to. That is what always impresses me with artists. So whether you're a martial artist, whether you're a comic or a painter or a sculptor, a writer, um, a poet, is that you guys do things and then just put it out there and it's under full judgment all the time. Like that's what it is, right? Do I like it? Do I dislike it? Whatever. And you guys have to have the thickest skin, the, the most courage of anybody I know. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't. I don't know any other way of living. Yeah. Like it it has to happen. For me I have to I have to create. I have to have whatever it is though, whether it's writing or painting or whatever it is. Yeah. It has to come out, and ultimately, I don't give a shit what other people think. <laughs> <laughs> That's good cuz some artists do and it's what stifles them, I think. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. There's there's been so many moments in my career where I, I'm very much a yes person, where yeah. I say yes to life, and then I figure it out from there. Yeah. And uh, I there's been many moments where I've thought to myself, like, this is where other people drop off. Yeah. Because it, it sucks. Like, ultimately, when you do have judgment coming at you all the time, and there's opinions, and it starts getting more public, it it is tricky. And... Yeah. And as much as I like to actually say I don't give a shit, of course I'm a human and and I have feelings. Yeah. But uh, in the end, it'll never stop me from pushing 
my own personal boundaries and so where does that come from what how did you grow up so that you you have this tough skin this such a desire for art oh so where where does one begin yeah i know like it's really bred into me yeah yeah. What was I, your home life like? Were were your your parents artists? Did they just encourage you? You know what? My birth mother was beautiful. Like, is a beautiful artist. She uh, she introduced me to the figure drawing classes. She was always the one I'd come home and she would just have sketches on everything. Like that was her outlet. Um, and she would play guitar and just sing so beautifully. So she had, and write. So she had all these creative outlets that I grew up with. Um, yeah. So she so was, she was definitely one of my biggest, um, contributors. Role. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you're, um, growing up and so she's just having you drawing every day and, and writing and singing and like, it's just a very creative house to be in. Yeah, it it was. Um, my my family seems to be very creative. Like my brothers can pick up any instrument and play, and my sisters are very artistic, like drawing and painting and crafty, and it it blows me away. Did they yeah. all take jobs in that realm? No, no. Uh, I would. S- well, actually, my sister right now is traveling, and she's starting to to get by by doing art, nice. which is which is amazing. It's very yeah. I'm very proud of her. It's uh, great to be in a culture where artists can survive as artists because it's not everywhere in the world where they can, right? And in poorer communities and poorer countries, then, um, you know, no one's buying art. No one cares if you do art. They're just worried about getting fed or housed or being safe. Um, So we live in this amazing country where artists can be artists. And I think the creativity that comes out of like Canada, the U.S., Europe, Australia, the the major powers, um, it, it's it's amazing, and then we're getting more and more as we get more. Uh, what's the right word? Civilized. Uh, we get a lot more artistic. Yes, uh, I'm I'm grateful every day. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful every day for the artist that I get to be and the support that I've been given, um, and also being a woman. Yeah, in Canada. Like, what's so. what's your culture? What's your background? Um, your heritage, I should say. I am blood tribe, so I'm native and Scottish. Okay. Yeah. Have you done the ancestry.ca? No, no. <laughs> you know what? That kind of shit doesn't really. I don't know. It's not really my thing <laughs> I to tap into that. <laughs> the only thing that was scary about it was the fact that uh, they ask you how much information they can share and how much you want to know. So I just wanted to know my heritage. Yeah. But they'll literally tell you what disease you're susceptible, what you'll most likely die from, um, and they can pass that in- information onto your insurance company, and that was super, super scary. See, like, I think that's weird. That's too much information. I just want to live my life yeah. just how I am. I'll awesome. figure it out as I go. <laughs> so is this all you've ever done? is art like you've made a living in it from beginning no no um i've always been a server okay. just a waitress nice it's yeah. not just a waitress it's a good I, it's a noble trade oh you know what it really got me by it yeah. got me by in life because ultimately later in life i learned 
that I'm not actually an outgoing human being. I'm quite the introvert, and I have to give a lot of thanks to um, being a waitress for um, making me go out right. and be like be able to have that small talk and yeah. yeah. Is it are you more introverted with um, large groups of people, or is it the one? Oh on yeah, one? yeah, yeah. I can't watch. fucking stand crowds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. I just had a conversation with a friend. Um, I went out for lunch with him, and he was talking about he does skip the dishes now. Oh, and yeah. it just is a secondary job. He, he has a real job, but he's like, oh, when well, my kids are off doing stuff, then I'll just go do skip the dishes. makes pretty good money. And he's like, but I don't want to tell anybody that I do that. I'm like, why? What's the big deal? Yeah. And he's like, well, it's it's a crappy job. And it's, I'm like, you make 40 bucks an hour, and most of it is cash. It's exactly. a pretty good job. Well, and and here's the thing, like I I've had so many people try shitting on me for the job when I was mm. in it, and uh, some guy straight up looked at me that I was serving, and he was just like, "This is stupid. Like, why are you even here?" Hmm. He's like, "You're so pretty. You could do something else. You could be a model." And I was like, "Fuck, dude." <laughs> <laughs> What an egotistical way to give a shitty compliment, right? Oh, (laughs) it was just the worst. It was the worst. And I was like, guaranteed, when put all aside, I walk away with more. And I work for less. My sister is a single mom of four. Mm-hmm. And uh, she raised her family off of a waitress's yes. wage and did a you know really really good. Yes. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't knock other trades. I, I started as a drywaller. She went on a trade and gets bashed on. A little. Right. <laughs> How many drywallers do you know that are like super nice guys? <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I come from a trade. But honestly, you know what? Drywall bought me this house and got me my wife and my kids um, and and all that stuff. So I can't knock it. Everything everything has a place. Yeah yeah absolutely. Yeah. We need them all. Absolutely. So you didn't do any traditional schooling for your art then? Uh, I haven't. No. I, um, I I guess naturally I just like to explore. Mm-hmm. So I, I was always told when I first started getting into this that I need to seek out my own style, that I need to. Uh, they, there are so many rules. And I was like, mm, no. that's not really how I go about life like I just do my own thing and and you just do so much more when you explore like when you I find like schooling is great um you know it has its place yeah it definitely has its place but it also has its place to crush an artist yeah and yeah, I had Paul Nye on, the, the guy that does my tattoos, and mm-hmm. um, he did the same as you. He just explored and got his own way. And he says what was interesting about it was that it took him 10 years to learn some of the techniques that he's got and what he does. But we're in school. He has some kid come out, and that kid knows everything about color blending mm-hmm. or digital or whatever. And he goes, that's great, but there's something about the pain that gives the artist the, um, the creativity, like the, the pain of learning, the time um. it takes, and the failures and all that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because it's our it's our own personal journey, and that's what we're putting out there. So, like in school, I was the worst student. <laughs> I was the worst. I I think I got voted for being the one to stare out the window the longest. <laughs> like I was the daydreamer. I was always doodling, like 
throwing paper airplanes. Like, I just didn't give a shit about school. Right. So for me to find art as a passion and uh, lock myself into a course, um, <laughs> it just didn't feel natural. It'd be way too painful. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how are your kids in school? Um, they're, they're very intelligent. (laughs) Like my daughter, bless her heart. I, I have to go down late in the night because, and tell her to put her book away. Like Mm. she loves to read. She loves to study. She's the one that's going to be like the valedictorian. Like, you know, everything that I'm not, uh, it's beautiful. And my son picks it up really well as well. And I'm, I'm really grateful that my ex-husband helps out with their schooling. Um, I, it's not your forte. It's not. It's, it really isn't. I, uh, I was thinking when I have kids, like I'm going to be all like on top of their school. I'm going to make sure they're educated and this, and I'm going to really care. Well, kinder, <laughs> kindergarten hit and I was just like, sweet. Like <laughs> you do your thing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I was reading through your website and your social media today and just trying to get a feel because we haven't actually physically met right. before today. So right. trying to um, uh, figure out what I wanted to know about you. And one of the things that said on your website was that um, you're trying to express love in all of your paintings. And I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure what if that's what they make me feel right now looking at them, but I'm madly in love with like a dozen of your portraits. I think I've messaged you a bunch of times on Instagram. Like, I love this one. I love Aww, it. And I really, so truly sweet. do. They're amazing. So is that, so is that your whole goal when you're doing it is just to try and make people feel love or is there? No. And I don't, I don't mean like the cheesy Valentine's February 14th kind of love. Yeah. Like no one wants shitty chocolate. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, there's always, there's darkness. There's so much darkness to life. Mm -hmm. And it's just shedding light on that. Yeah. It's, there's, it's, for me, showcasing love happens in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want someone to look at that and be like, oh, I need to, find a partner like that kind of thing right it's just being human yeah it's just experiencing being human right and that to me is love it's to me um uh, this whole process of becoming an artist and becoming more public uh has been so cringeworthy (laughs) like (laughs) I've had so many moments where I'm just like, holy fuck, like, get me out of here. Um, That's one of the battles with artists, though, right, is mm-hmm. that to create is is what you're designed to do, but you also have to be somewhat business-minded. You also have to put a number yes. on things and, and sell regularly to pay your rent and your mortgage yes. and your car payment and stuff. And um, yeah. how much does that stuff stifle you? Like, is it taking away now that you're as public as you are? Um, I'm... I'm learning a lot. I'll say that. Um, I've definitely had some hard lessons, but I'm learning a lot. And I, even though I've had some uh, fresh battles of opening up my studio and stuff, of learning the business side of it, because it's very much not 
my personality. So it's just learning a whole other craft, yeah. which is okay. Yeah. Um, I, I also learned that I can be empowered by it mm-hmm. and that I will also be a kick-ass businesswoman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of it is... One of my favorite podcasts is the Joe Rogan podcast, and he's very inspirational to me. And one of the things he talks about is when you become excellent at something, no matter what that is, then you know you can be excellent. And so when you're an excellent artist, it means you can also be an excellent business person and an excellent mom and an excellent partner and an excellent in everything, right? You just have to have direct your desire towards those things. Well, and it's just finding that confidence. It's It really, what i found is... Keep pushing those boundaries. Yeah. Keep striving for that personal growth. And you you get to a point where um, challenges get smaller and smaller yeah. because as as it doesn't mean that they stop coming at you or that they do get smaller, but your mentality is like, what, what else you got? Yeah. Like, I will jump over that and I will jump over that. And I will get in front of it every single time. And your mindset, for me, changed to that, is that whatever comes at me, I will get in front of it. That's awesome. There's a, uh, I believe it was Bruce Lee who said it first, this is don't pray for an easy life, pray for the character to handle anything in life. And uh, I think, again, once you start succeeding, you have that ability. You can just conquer anything, as long as you just focus your desire on those things. Exactly. Exactly. So right now, I think you're mostly doing like really, really large murals. Are you still doing smaller paintings as well? I just, actually, this is my first summer where I've been able to do some murals. Okay. Um, So these are the first set that I've done. Um, What's it like taking art from like, you know, visually doing them on smaller pieces to doing like 20 foot tall murals? For me, it felt natural because for me, uh, all my paintings kept getting larger and larger. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that because there was a lesson that I learned in junior high. Um, it was just a simple, we had to draw a cup for art class. But the box that I was given, I like filled a very small corner of it. And my cup was detailed. It looked beautiful, 3D. Like, it was really kick-ass, but it was dinky compared to the space that was filled. And my teacher at the time said, it's beautiful, but I want you to fill the space. And what I got from that as I grew into the human that I am and the, the artist that I am is that art really portrays where a person is at in life. Yeah. And that's how small I felt then. Yeah. So in junior high, like already, I had no self-worth. I felt like shit. And that's how small I felt. And the beautiful thing is, is that it was a perfect little cup. Yeah. Very small, but it was very perfect. And so now in life, as I'm finding my self-worth and I'm finding that confidence, I love that I'm getting these opportunities (laughs) to to expand my art and have my murals are getting bigger and bigger. I mean, that last one, or not not the last one, but the one I did of Freddie Mercury. Yeah. That was the largest one I did. I want to say it's like 18 foot. 
It's huge. Um, it's like the whole side of a building. No. <laughs> He's so handsome, too. I, have you seen the movie? I did, I and I fell in love with him all over again. I didn't really know the story. Like, I Ugh. grew up listening to Queen and yes. stuff, but uh, like my parents grew up in the 70s, and so I'd mm-hmm. listen to it, but not really. Like, oh, that's a really good song. And then you see the movie, and you realize who Freddie Mercury really was, Ugh. and the music's just even better now. Oh, he is just so badass. Like, yeah. everything he just stands for is... Own who you are. Yeah. And be proud of it. Yeah. Like, do it. Well, no one else is going to be you. Right. You know? And we don't need another Freddie Mercury or we don't need oh, another no. Picasso or Joe Rogan. No. Just, just let's do us. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that, that mural, when I first began it, <laughs> I set it all up to prime it. And then I just had this moment where I was like, holy fuck, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so I took all my prep work down. I went and got a coffee. I grabbed something to eat. I had a cry in my car because yeah. I'm like, for the real, like legit, legit. Yeah. I cried because I was just like, I have what, like, I have no problem saying yes. I yeah. say yes to life and then I figure it out. And sometimes it's not that easy like sometimes (laughs) you have those moments where you're like oh my god like what did I just do and uh I went back right after and I just said fuck it I'm gonna just paint I'm gonna start painting and I know I know that I I have this ability or else I wouldn't be here I wouldn't have been given this wall to paint I can do this and when I did, oh, even the first outline, it was amazing. It felt so good. Yeah. And some of the comments even were like, uh, just when I set up the outline, people were saying like, what, did a seven-year-old do this? <laughs> I'm just like, Oh Bitch, my please. goodness. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's so funny. It's funny you say that because uh, <laughs> when you listen to comics talk about how they get to a joke is that they don't get to practice in a room. They may do some mm-hmm. writing, mm-hmm. but they don't actually get to really put the joke together until they're in front of an audience. So when you go to a, a show, like a, a Wednesday night show or a Thursday night show, every comic in there is just trying to build that bit, that comic, the, 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 the joke itself. Yeah. And it has to be done horribly in front of an audience seven, eight, nine times before they can get it dialed into where everyone thinks it's funny. Right. And most times, painters don't have to go through that because you're in your studio and you got your canvas and you do yes. your thing. But then it's out in public yes. and you can only, especially <laughs> if it's 18 feet tall, you can't bang that off in I, 20 minutes, no, right? No. So you, you have to just suck it up, be tough, and... Probably not read the comments. No, no. I, you know what? I read the comments and I laugh. Yeah. Like, I think it's great. I think it's so great. I, you know, whatever the reaction is, if they hate it, if they love it, yeah. I, it's doing something. Yeah. It is sending off, um, it's hitting a reaction of some kind. And ultimately, great. Like, and whatever it is, it's not like I'm going to take that on. And, well, and it has to feed into the emotion of the painting. Like, it um, has to. Perhaps. Perhaps. Maybe the negative comments is what get people to that next greater level. Yeah, maybe. For me, for me, I, I actually have gotten to a place where I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. The more kickback, sweet. Like, <laughs> then I'll show you, you know? Yeah. It's kind of how I've gotten to be. I like yeah. criticism as well. Yeah. Uh, for I me to... Great. Because you can't always be the perfect self-evaluator, right? We're mm, biased mm-hmm. against ourselves. So to have someone else say, hey, you're not doing that really well. Oh, yeah. hang on a second. Am I not? Like you, have to, you, have to, you have to read into it a little bit, depending on who's giving it to you. But criticism is what's yes. going to drive most people. Yes. Uh, that being said, there is a way to deliver yes. criticism. Yeah. And uh, I think it's the really feisty dirtbags that <laughs> I just love the most. I'm like, are you for real? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, how You're are you as a human to be if a this waitress is... type guy? Oh. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't get at human beings most times. Like, it doesn't make sense. You think you understand how it's supposed to work with, you know, general population. You get it. And mm. then one person comes out, you're Mm-mm. like, really? That's, that's where you're going with this? Yeah. Everything goes left. Yeah. Yeah. It's also great. Yeah. You also get to learn <laughs> so, so much. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it it's really so is. fun. Like, people watching is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So is that your goal now is to do bigger murals to, to continue on that path? Or are you going to go back and do some more... Realistic side, well, I, I should am, say realistic, some paintings that'll fit in people's houses. Yeah, I am always dabbling in a bunch of things. Awesome. So I'm constantly <coughs> trying to fight for some studio space um, while I am in the middle of doing a mural and uh, wherever it goes, wherever how, it goes. How do you know when it's done? Like what? What is it? A feeling, or you have a picture in your head before you start? Each each one is different. Um, I do paint a lot of my paintings from dreams. Okay. And so I do. Um, some of them I have a vision of how how it should look, and however I see it in my head doesn't even come out the way I see it. Yeah. So I just at that point. It, it becomes whatever it is. When you know it's done, I don't know. You just know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, sometimes I'm just like, all right, I, I have no more energy to put into this. Yeah. And it, for me, I am, I am like everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> I really am because businesses want to start hiring me. Um, festivals and galas want to start hiring me to do live paintings and uh, some of them really need to have um, an idea a concept of what it'll look like yeah but for me I can show them a concept and in very bold letters say it will not look like (laughs) nothing like this it won't because once I get to the canvas it's it's strange I I almost like blank out yeah i get in my own world yeah and um nothing else matters until this painting comes out yeah. and so it's it's strange but sometimes i feel like i wake up and there's a painting oh wow it's like so in depth yeah. it's so crazy meditative almost yeah, yeah. kind of fucked up do you meditate <laughs> Well, I would say that painting would be my form of meditation. Yeah. I don't actually like sit there and do a meditation, but I would say art, like painting, is would be meditation. It. Absolutely, that makes total sense. Yeah. 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 The um, how long does it take you to do a painting? Like, what's the say you're doing a 
I don't know, a five by four painting. So if I'm on point, yeah, I can bang one out in a couple hours. Yeah. Um, and then other times I'll get started and I won't get back to it for a year or two. Oh, wow. <laughs> like yeah. it, it really all depends. All of it is based on feeling. Yeah. So, um, if, if the energy goes left for whatever reason, I, I put it aside and I don't get back to it until later. I am such a systematic person. Like mm. I, I think I can be creative, but I understand the systems of the world, right? There, mm-hmm. there are certain principles that take place and that's what I follow and, and how I gain. It's like a game. When you understand the system better, you can play the game better. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of my thought. So when I hear artists like singers, songwriters, um, book writers, artists, painters, sculptors say it, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I don't get the system. Like I don't. I, <laughs> there is none, the, and there really isn't <laughs> There's any. There's no system. That's the joy of art, and, and that's that's why I firmly believe we need artists in this world. Mm-hmm. We need to crack the system, right? And for me, like I don't understand the system. I'm just like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like all in a box, and yeah. I don't, I don't understand that mentality because I. For me, I experience a world right. outside of that. So, did you grow up in um, Grand Prairie? I did. So that's been your hometown your whole life, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a pretty small town. It is. Did you travel lots? It is. Uh, I traveled a fair amount. Okay. Yeah. So is that some of the inspiration you got was from other places? Um, I mean, obviously, you pick up really great positive life experiences and inspiration everywhere you go right anytime you travel you're you can never be the same person yeah that you once were um i I I ask difficult questions sometimes. I like to try to figure out why people do what they do and uh, and and how they do it. Like to me, there's always a system involved because that's that's how I think. And so, like, how much of like when when you travel, did you did you go to art galleries, visit with artists, or did you just travel? Like, like just go have fun, party. I traveled. I partied. I was a wasted case. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like benders. I was I was like white girl wasted. It was <laughs> it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, and not yeah. always. Like I did grow up. Yeah, but uh, well, you've you, were you a don't you trips. don't drink at all now, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. There's no drugs, no alcohol, no uh, no alcohol. Yeah, but alcohol was my was my vice. Right, that's what I used to numb life. Right, and for me. Uh, it's very easy to fall back on that. Yeah. Um, I have. I do feel though that I've I've gotten to a place. I've been actually working with a shaman for the last two years. Yeah. Um. And and through through that through working with her, um, I've come to a really nice place of healing where I've decided that I can acknowledge. Um when when drinking would become a problem or i can see how i i misused it yeah um i don't i don't see it being an issue now but i just choose 
I choose not to drink because yeah. it really forced me to live. Yeah. And as strange as that sounds, but when I decided to go sober, it pushed me to to experience so many uncomfortable situations. I can imagine. Like, Social social <clears throat> events, all social events. Here, I thought I was outgoing. Yeah. The, <laughs> the truth is, I was wasted, and I could tolerate people. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me to step outside of that and experience stagets and art gallery openings and weddings and all of these things, where it's very common for people to drink, and I show up, and I've had to learn and build my character. Yeah. I value that. I find a lot of value in that, mm. and I don't want to lose that. We are um, just in the process of uh, going through a book called Being Anxious for Nothing. Yeah. And so it's about um, people that suffer from anxieties, and I think everyone has some anxieties, and we should. It, it's a tool, like mm. depression yes. or sadness or yes. anything else. Uh, but there's people that suffer it all day, every day, for a long period of time. And this is sort of what the... Um, the book is for is to help them overcome it. And I realized in my younger days, that's what I used alcohol for was mm-hmm. to, to get through social situations, to pick up girls, to, you know, you know, be around family, to, to take care of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm, when I, f- I only figured that out now, but I went through a part of my life where I was like, I'm not going to drink anymore. And I stopped. And there was a few years that I stopped. And then you start drinking again, you fall back into that, um, habit where you don't have control over what's going on and then so now if I do it I make a decision like oh I'm gonna have three drinks tonight and then I can go out and have three drinks and no more no less and I I set my rule for the night so I can go out and know what's going to happen instead of go out and having a shot of tequila and the next thing you know you're you know a bottle deep into into, tequila uh, tequila. (laughs) well tequila (laughs) is not good for me it makes me hit people oh Uh, it's the one the one really bad one for yes. me is tequila. I can yes. drink beer and vodka and rye and rum, and that yeah. I just I'm a happier version of me. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, tequila makes me hit people, and I don't even know why. That's like poison. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So fun. <laughs> so with this uh, shaman, um, is there ayahuasca, DMT, or is this just studying yourself? And... No, it really is facing hard truths. Yeah. It really is. It really was like, yeah, you you are taught to remove all the masks yeah. and you peel back the layers and you have to face it. You have to sit in your dirt yeah. and you have to observe it and learn from it. It's been beautiful. I have a, a friend who um, did a philosophy doctorate. He's just as decent short of being a doctor. And... Um, uh, then he became a pastor, um, and now he's a garbage man. But we did a podcast together, and we were talking about those things and and this this growth that he went through on doing all those different things. And I was asking him, so through this, he suffered some pain from being a pastor and from not getting his doctorate, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, how many people do you think in this world should do some form of therapy? And he said, everyone. There's nobody that's void 
but having a shaman is a form mm-hmm. of therapy. Absolutely. Doing DMT and LSD and uh, psilocybin in the right conditions is yes. a form of therapy. And yes. there's traditional, you know, uh, psychiatrists and uh, sociologists and yes. stuff like that. So he thinks everybody should be doing some oh, form shit. of therapy. Oh, shit. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> no, I think it's, <laughs> like, a, it's I think excellent. it's amazing. Um, to see me even two years ago is a completely different person. Wow. Yeah, it's unbelievable. How did But I... you have to put in the work. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't shy away from putting in the work. Yeah. I work really hard. I think that's the, literally the key to life is to put in the work. Yes. So whatever's not working, if you're not, if you know it's not working, just do something different. Try it. Yeah. Like how, how, how bad could it be if you just try something a little bit different? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What have you got to lose? Right. I, that's that. Yeah. I, 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 I like you fail. You what? Who cares? That's the big one. Fail. Right. Fucking fail hard. It's all good. Fall on your ass. <laughs> Face first have, in the dirt. Yes. yes. Do it. Have yeah. fun with it. Like <laughs> I've only in my 40s realizing mm. that failure is okay. Oh, it. you know what? It is such a beautiful tool. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Without... Me just experiencing life and exploring life and falling and making those hard fails. Yeah. I, where would I be? Right. Sitting on a cushion somewhere? <laughs> like, that sounds fucking boring. I know. I, uh, <laughs> no thanks. The, the friend that I met with today, I think some people are looking for that. I Like, how do I arrange my life so mm, that it's mm-hmm. easy and I don't have any stress. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't see the value in a life like that. No. The, um, the failure, the hard times, the embarrassment, those are all the tools for growth. Oh, I have uh, beautiful. Uh, Andy Caselli came on here and he's a, a writer, he writes books. Excuse me. And uh, I asked him what he did, like he's written three or four books or four four or five books. I can't remember now. He wrote a bunch of books. And I said, did you, did you publish them? He goes, oh, no, no, I just threw them out. They weren't what? that good. <laughs> and I says, well, how, how do you know they weren't that good? He goes, oh, just, I do the books for me. That's it. I, I write the books to release whatever needs to be released. And he says, if someone else said they were no good, I would agree. And if someone else said they were good, then it didn't really matter to him. So he's like, I write the books and then I throw them out. Hmm. And I was like, there, there's something in there that I think is beneficial and that's like the failure. So not publishing it, not going after that next point, I think is a bit of a failure on his I'd, point. I'd be curious as to what he's afraid of. What's <sighs> holding him back? Because if you are taking the energy to write it out, yeah, then there's something there that n- the world needs to hear. I because agree. Because it's not, it's not just our story. Right. It is not. It's a story that we're a part of. But if it's a story, it's a story that other people could benefit from. Yeah. I don't think there's any story that should be left alone. I agree. This is what makes the world go round. This is what makes us connect with other human beings. Yeah. This is everything. Yeah. Stories are absolutely everything. I agree. This is the great thing about the podcast is that I get to hear people's personal stories. I get to dig into their life and just meet these unbelievable people that change my life every time. Jamie Pruden came on and 
what a man. Like, holy Dinah. I just, I um, I was blown away. Me and Eric were literally sitting here in tears listening Aww. to his story and yeah. trying to turn the podcast back around. But it was inspiring. Um, as, as sad and as hard as his mm-hmm. life was, it was inspiring. Because look where he is now. Like he's, I listened to that one. He's selling art all over the place. Mm-hmm. He's, he's sought after. He's got a great show that he does. And uh, he, coming from where he came from to where he was, again, the story is... Yes. is it was brilliant. Yes. Have you ever thrown out a piece of art? Like just. Oh, went, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And do you know what? It's. Everyone says you shouldn't regret anything in life. Those are the moments I've regretted. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anything else in life, I can't say. Uh, they've just been experiences, but I have regretted throwing away art. Yeah. I uh, I feel the same way even with my kids the little pieces of art they do to me it's like oh yeah but shit those get piled up so quickly <laughs> I know there's I a mean, few we love them but come on there's a few pieces <laughs> that I've pulled out that I've I've taken photographs of yes. and I'll save them forever yes. because they're a six year old or an eight year old piece of art but um, it's still to me I saw I would see this massive growth in them in their art and it yes. blew me away because I'm not an artist at all I'm not that that type of creativity and so when i see it in other people i'm i'm blown away it's like yeah. people who play guitar yeah how, how anyone even you play the basic three chords i'm like that is impressive right <laughs> yeah really um that's actually a really great idea though to take photographs of the artwork yeah. and then make an album out of it yeah i think i'll probably put something together when maybe for her wedding day or her graduation yeah. or something like that of all the art and the history behind it yeah, at our house, we have um, a large, like, 18-foot wall, and I just filled it with the kids' paintings. Nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is my favorite wall in the house. <laughs> it, it really is. It's brilliant. I had a friend uh, uh, back in BC when I lived there. Uh, when his baby was born, they lived in a town home, and so he went in and he painted a big mural of uh, the Lion King on the wall, and it was like I don't know five or six feet wide, maybe four or five feet tall, and it was it was a really really cool painting. It looked like a Disney painting, and uh, so they they had a big change in life. They were moving to Kelowna. I was moving there with them, and he's like, I don't want to paint this over. We're selling our condo. What do I do? And so I actually went in and I cut the drywall. I was a drywaller, right? Yeah. So I cut the drywall out. I pulled the whole mural out. I put it on a um, piece of plywood and framed it and then gave it to him and then I patched oh, the wall so then he got to keep yes. the, the piece of art forever beautiful that, that's the, the yeah. thing about the murals that you do mm-hmm. is what's going to happen in 10 years Like people that, need to appreciate them now right <laughs> <laughs> that is what is up go get a picture in front of yes, them yes yes yeah. do like which is beautiful too in itself yeah I think I think we all need to learn how to live in the now. Yeah. And I'm not even worried about the future. Yeah. Honestly, I'll worry about it when I get there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. What, um, um, I was in uh, New Orleans, very, very old city, and we were looking through an old, like a pawn shop type thing. Mm-hmm. And this building was like, I don't know, I want to say built in like 1790 or 1820, like old, old, old building. Mm-hmm. And the lady that owned the building, I was talking to her, and she's like, come look at this. And she shows me a, a graffiti from 1905 where some kid had dr- done a drawing in a corner and signed it and put his name on it. But it was from 1905. That's how Amazing. long it lasted in the building and this was in 2018 and I don't, I'm not even 100% sure it was a kid it looked like a kid's product but they signed it and they Amazing. dated it um, on a wall in a stairwell of this like 
200-year-old building. That is so beautiful. Yeah. I love I love ancient things <laughs> that just too. tell a story. We uh, we did a vacation in uh, Nova Scotia um, this summer, and we went to this little town of Pictou, where most of the houses were um, built by uh, Scottish uh, sailors that had come over. They were inspired by Scottish architects. And some of the buildings were like 200 years old as well. Um, and... Uh, me and my daughter fell in love with the town instantly. But my wife and my son, they pulled into town. They're like, nope. <laughs> no, we don't want it. no part of this <laughs> at all. Do you believe buildings and animate objects can hold an energy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think that is? I, it could be <laughs> it could be anything. I I believe spirits yeah. and all of that weird shit. Yeah. Where does our energy go when we die? Yeah, like <laughs> it has to be held in something, right? It doesn't doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Like, and I think that's where so many people do life wrong. Yeah. They focus on their bodies. Yeah, and they forget to nourish their souls. Right, and they forget to nourish the long lasting parts of life. Yeah, and that's where that's where the true beauty of a person is. Yeah, and. Uh, so with this shaman, is it like self-reflection? Is that, that what it's yeah, based on? Yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, basically. I, um, I, I focus really, really hard on self-evaluation all the time, and, and I'm probably my worst critic, but I think it's important that everyone have a system of self-evaluation. There's a, there's a responsibility, right. I feel, that uh, needs to be held yeah. on, a, on the daily. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly, and I don't think enough people do it. If they're or if they do, they're maybe not critical enough. Yeah, well, and I guess that's a that's a tricky one because then there's some people that are far too hard on themselves, and we have to learn to fucking lighten up. <laughs> this right. is just life. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is just life. Yeah, and we have one to live that we should just experience it to the fullest by making it mistakes by by taking responsibility for them and just building that personal growth and that character and integrity and finding that true like core yeah of life do you know who dr jordan peterson is no. He wrote a book that's right behind you there, uh, The 12 <laughs> Rules of Life and Antidote to Chaos. It's an amazing book, I think, for anyone that's into yeah. self-evaluation. But the, the rule that sort of stuck out for me was he says, first, do what's right for you. But not only right for you, it has to be right for you and your family and the community and the world. And then not only does it have to be right for all that, but it has to be right today, tomorrow. 10 years mm. and 100 years from mm-hmm. now. And I really started focusing on that mm-hmm. as uh, as I read his book or listened to his book was how do we how do we make good decisions in our lives that we're growing and changing and making the community better? I'm just going to take some pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, um, that we are making the world better and that we are growing and that we're not yeah. stuck slumped over on the couch watching TV for 6 yes. hours every night, right? Well, not that's the biggest thing is that people uh, people play small, you yeah. find. Yeah. People play small, and they don't realize the value that they bring to this world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've really, so, so often, I actually started writing a book, and so many times, this was years ago, 
even. And I crumpled it up. I threw it out and I'd restart it and crumpled it up and such a pain in the ass. <laughs> but what got me to stop was who would want to hear my story? Right. And and all that is is me playing small. Right. Because it's as a little teacup, right? Exactly. It's yeah. that little teacup because that little teacup is perfect. Yeah. Just as it was. And like I when it when it comes to other people, I'm like, why wouldn't you tell your story? Yeah. Because as I've learned to open up and to share more and more, so many people get that freedom to be themselves and they get to share. And there's this beautiful interaction when someone shares their story where we can be human together. And they're like, Oh, you're not perfect. Or, Oh, I, something similar happened. Yeah. And stories need to be retold and retold and retold. And as we share those stories, I find that, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, um, all, all that negative energy from there, it dissipates. Right. It becomes watered down and it becomes to a point where it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. You don't need to pack it with you. No. Right. No. Because it's just a story. Yeah. This is just life. Like <laughs> I, I grew up in a house where we were very much discouraged from uh, telling people what was going on. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, like, no one needs to know what your finances is. No one needs to know how you feel. Mm-hmm. No one, um, uh, it was meant to stay in our house only. Mm-hmm. And that it was so handcuffing. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It, 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 um, it prevented so much from happening in my life to the point where I've gone almost too far the other direction where yeah. I'm willing to share absolutely anything because I want to hear someone's opinion on it. You know, I'm thinking this, I'm feeling this, I did this. And they're like, oh, like that's really yeah. not cool. And you're like, oh, how come that's not cool? And then get the description and, and make the changes accordingly. Mm-hmm. As long as you're, you know, you gotta take into who you're talking to into account. But Absolutely. And, and it's even that whole... Uh, like for me, uh, quite often it's, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, children are not a part of the conversations. Right. And to be seen and not heard. Yes. And it's, that blows me away. It blows me away because a child will know what's up Yeah, and they can feel the energy of a room long before an adult can will pick it up sometimes yeah and uh, they have a natural ability because they don't have the communication skills i think they have a natural ability to feel things quicker than we do yeah 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 i, I i've told this story before i don't know if it's told on the podcast when my daughter was about two uh, we couldn't do regular um, baby monitors in the house they just the electronics wouldn't work mm-hmm. and so i hardwired her room with a, a night vision camera and a spy um microphone that got fed right to my tv and so in the night i could turn the tv on and i could watch and see her i could literally hear her heartbeat through this uh, microphone it was amazing but she would get up in the middle of the night 
And she would stand up in her crib like two, three o'clock in the morning and she would follow something in her room and mm-hmm. talk to it. And I would sit there. She wasn't scared. She wasn't freaking out. She wasn't nothing. But she was having a full conversation in the pitch black with something inside that room. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, what is that, that that's going on? And I have no answer. I, I mean, I can speculate a thousand different things that it could be. Mm-hmm. But it amazed me that she could see or feel an energy inside of the room and communicate with it mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the night. Like she just, I, I couldn't it's see natural. it. natural. I've gone in there mm-hmm. when she was doing it and nothing, didn't feel nothing, didn't see nothing, but there's definitely yeah. an energy that controls, not it controls, that that is around us all the time, that we Absolutely. lose the ability to see or feel. Absolutely. Um, I... We've had similar experiences when the kids were younger. My daughter was mm, two or three, maybe three or four, I don't know, younger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she was playing in a room and laughing and she was joking and she was like, that's not funny, Papa. And Mm. so I walked in there and it's just her playing on the floor by herself. Yeah. But my ex-husband's father passed away before our kids came into the world. Yeah. And um, she ultimately, we discovered that she could see him and she would play with him. Yeah. And he would tease her because she, when I asked her, I was like, who are you talking to? She's like, it's Papa. And he, and he said, he was bugging her. He's like, oh, you're so handsome, Olivia. <laughs> and when I told my husband at the time this, I uh, I was like, is that something your dad would have said? Because I never met him. He was um, passed before I was in the picture. And uh, he was like, absolutely. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. To pull I, out that personality. I have another similar story. I used to live in Calgary in this really, really old house. And there was a bunch of weird things that went inside the mm-hmm. house that I couldn't explain. But anyways, I was dating this girl and she was staying over. And uh, she woke up one night and screamed. Like it scared the daylight. So when she scrambled across the bed and she's like, I got, I got to go home. This is, I saw something. And so... Um, anyways, I talked to her the next day. She goes, no, I woke up. I definitely saw something in your room. It was an older man. This is what he was dressed like, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I was like, oh, that's really weird. So she came over a couple nights later and she was bringing white candles and incense and <laughs> trying to the sage in the place. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Like I, I wasn't discouraging it, but I, I really didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So anyways, a few weeks after that, um, we're over at my mom and dad's. I had actually just introduced her. My mom had this habit of bringing out old photos whenever I brought a girl over. And so she's going through those old photos and there was a picture of my grandfather who I've never met. She's like, that was the guy beside the bed. Oh, wow. Like, oh, instant- I just got goosebumps. <laughs> I know. And so uh, um, it's funny because the more I got to know about my grandfather is that he was like a very moral man. Like there's no uh, sex before marriage. There's no Mm. like there's a way to do things. And it was old school Christian ways of doing things. And so he would have been angry about what was going on <laughs> and uh, so that's why he was standing beside the bed staring down in anger at what he was visualizing because that's Holy not shit, what that he is... would have wanted for his grandson <laughs> at all that is so funny i know and oh, she so she funny. saw it i never saw it yeah but uh she saw it and i was like oh Holy dino. Oh, like that is so talking funny. Talking about goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. it scared the... And, I, and I, I don't know. I, I've never seen a ghost, so I can't say no? I believe in them or I, I don't I believe do in often. them. 
I feel energies when I go into buildings yeah. for sure. And I love old buildings. Like mm-hmm. I can literally walk up and put my hands on a building and I can feel the energy. From yeah, the absolutely. So I think there's something and there's scientists trying to figure out what that is because so many people feel it. <laughs> it's energy. Yeah. That's what it is. But how do you find out what energy? Where did it why, come from? What's why the history do we of it? have to know? <laughs> I don't know. I want to know. I know you want to know. <laughs> but why do we have to know everything? I don't know. See, because I know. I want to know. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> I know. Because for me, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. Everything has to be labeled. Everything has to, you know, I be agree. scientifically I proven. I agree wholeheartedly. Throw <laughs> everything out. No. Like, <laughs> We're just like opposites. Yeah, yeah. The other side of the table. I want to know the theory. I want to know the reason. I want to know the formula because there's a formula. What does that get you? I don't know. Uh, For me, (laughs) for me, yeah, it it forms a way that you should be thinking, and it kind of walks you away from feeling it out and learning yourself. Yeah, and that's why it drives me crazy. I think even when you know the formula, so this is the thing, in my early Christian life, so I didn't grow up in church or anything like that, we kind of got into it as we had kids. I had met, um, uh, what are they called, Um, people that travel around, do missionary, and uh, I said, you know what would be great is to have a phone that you could pick up and say, God, what am I supposed to do here? And uh, which would be awesome if someone had some real guidance for you. I was lost. I didn't know what the answers were to anything and I was searching. Mm-hmm. And if I had someone I could call that 100% would tell me the truth, what would that be? And he says, yeah, but if you were told, would you do it? And then I sat back and went, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> if I agreed, if I thought it was, right? if I thought it was right, like that's that's the thing that I want to know. But why? I, I don't know why I want to know. I just I want to know. I want to know what the formula is. I want to know why people think why you paint the way you paint. Like to me, the if I could understand the emotion or the system or the brushstroke. That would be my desire in life is to to understand people more than anybody else. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's a lot to take on. Like it weighs on my mind. I, I wow. manage. Uh, Let um, that shit go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I don't. Not in a negative way. Like it, no, it really I think is. it's. I think it's brilliant. I love that you navigate through life completely different than I do. Yeah. It's and, really and, interesting. And same with uh, you and, and artists. I, I yeah. love hearing the story and, and why. And in my mind, I'm boggled. I'm like painting all day. Like, Ugh. is it to make the house more beautiful? Ugh, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Painting the, all day because it's amazing. I, I, I can see it in your videos and in your paintings and I can feel the amazement. I can, can feel. Th- I can for that's sure. Amazing. And, and to me, that's, that means the world. I've met um, quite a few artists since I've done the podcast, and uh, and I do I feel what they're what they're trying to accomplish. I think that's huge, and that's uh, huge. That's all an artist would want out of right. life. Like for me, I drop what I gotta drop, um, and I kind of just throw it out there. Um, opinions, whatever yeah. they come at me, I let it be. But I have had so many moments where I was honored. Yeah. So many moments where people would look at a painting and they would stop. Mm. 
and they would just cry. Yeah. Like to me, to pull out that kind of emotion out of a human being where um, we're very, um, we can be tough. Right. We learn to numb. Yeah. You know, we learn to, to be robots. Yes. Yeah. And um, so for me to be able to draw out that kind of emotion out of another human being yeah. is everything. Absolutely everything. I think that's what I like about art is because it makes me feel different than a TV or than, you know, uh, Facebook Mm -hmm. or even different than the one-on-one interaction. Like one Mm -hmm. of my rules for the podcast is I'll never do a phone call or a Skype podcast. I want to be directly in front of the person and and feel that energy. And I think that's where you get the best conversations. That's where, and I'm not always good at it. There's sometimes I come in with bad energy and sometimes they come in with bad or negative energy. But this is the best chance we have of getting to know each other. Um, Thank you. Um, you want to go to uh, the Facebook page, my Facebook page, and um, look up She Wolf Studios. There's one painting in there that I told my wife. I, I don't even know if it's still available or not. I'm like, this is what I want when I because we're gonna build a better studio downstairs. Mm, mm-hmm. Right now, we've stolen my wife's dining room. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you uh, scroll down, it's the one, and I'll get you to open it up on the screen when you find it. But it's uh, the painting. Uh, it's a black and white painting of a girl holding a smoking gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it's called My Body, My Rules. Nice. Where Where did that come from? What was the inspiration for that? Oh, that Keep one going. got dug up from a there vault. Um, yeah. This painting. Oof. Yeah, she's pretty badass. That That painting blows my mind. Like, I'm not even sure why. I'm not even sure what the... Well, yeah. not, that one's funny because I was so pressed for time. And um, when I first started at it and I decided to go that big, I was like, oh, my God, this is aggressive. Like, should yeah. I even go this big? But the thing is, um, like, I when I was younger, I was sexually abused. Um, and that is a big feeling. Mm-hmm. That leaves... Uh, Big everything. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it had, right? Absolutely. It had to be that big for me to be just to say, I'm fucking done with this. Right. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm a victim. I no longer, um, hold, hold this. Right. It's not, it's not for me. No. Nice. No. You You know what? Honestly, if I was, to meet these humans again, I, uh, I, I, I don't know if I'd come at them with compassion, but they're, uh, uh, people inflict pain who are feeling pain. Right. And, and I couldn't even imagine what they've gone through. Right. You know, I, I obviously think there's, responsibility even even after if something happens to us it's you know our responsibility to not take that on and to heal yeah but uh before we inflict it on anyone else um there there's a a great um 
uh, video of uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson talking about the greatness of humanity. Mm. And he talks about if we took the bad people in the world, the, the murderers, the rapists, the pedophiles, and we said that every time they did something bad, that's just going to, um, that means the person they did it to is going to do something bad. And that person is going to mm-hmm. do something bad all the way down the line. Then essentially our whole world would have fallen into chaos and something ridiculous like 80 years or like two generations. Absolutely. But that's not what happens. That's no. there, there's, there's horrible people doing horrible things and it can stop right there. There is history of it moving on. Uh, obviously, the, the person mm-hmm. that hurt you was hurt by somebody, most likely. Yes. Um, and now it stopped. There's, like uh, that, that was, oh, sorry, I just like <laughs> ate the microphone. <laughs> um, there definitely was moments that I remember. I was eight or nine. Yeah. And I slept with a knife under my pillow. Yeah. And I remember distinctly one moment where I was laying there holding this knife like under the pillow and I was ready. I was prepared for anything. <laughs> it's like a little kid, yeah. you know? Yeah. And for me at the time, it made sense. Yeah. Um but I had I had that moment where I was like, this is not gonna happen to my kids. This is not going to happen to me when I am older. And from that moment on, things changed. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, all right, now I'm on this like golden road. I I was in bad uh, relationships growing up and those hurt me. And, you know, you you learn as you go. But but ultimately, in the end, yeah. um, I, f- I feel like I I did. I put in the work. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for uh, my partner who I was able to have my kids with because he really, he really is a beautiful soul. Mm-hmm. He is a beautiful human being and he helped me um, through the hardest times of my life. Yeah. He, he processed the, the dirt with me and uh, he was very gentle in it he was very kind and not not once oh man i could push i could push (laughs) you were the button pusher oh man there's just times where i'm like "Mm, this house is too quiet (laughs) 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 we need some chaos up in here yeah yeah (laughs) Who's got some shit to stir? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I always say whoever wants to stir the, stir the shit pot should have to lick the spoon. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, so there's those those moments. And never once, not once, did he ever yell at me. Not once did he ever lay a hand on me. And he, even to this day, um, we are two years separated now, Um he loves me through it all. Yeah. Still. And for for me to meet that man, yeah. Um after what I've been through, like I I really grew up thinking all men were monsters. Yeah. And uh how it happened that I I found this man and we had our kids was very systematic for um the Christian Mennonite upbringing yeah. for me. And, um, yeah, all of it, I, for him to, 
to go through all of that with me taught me to trust men. Yeah. And it it sucks that it took me so long to realize now how many men are hurting. Yeah. I saw your post from early on mm-hmm. in your personal page talking about supporting men and allowing them to be hurt and to to be, communicate like we don't have to be tough all the time. I, I I'm I'm a firm believer in and talking about how you feel and mm. and letting it out there. No matter you have to let that ego go, right? Oh shit! This this one's gonna make me cry, <sighs> like for real, because um, so many men put up a front. They mm. don't talk about stuff. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's heartbreaking because you are human. And you have your own shit that happens to you that you have to process. And um, the outside world comes at you and says, you don't have a voice. Yeah. You, don't get, you don't get to have feelings about this. You don't get to heal. You can't be sensitive about this. Yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine. I could not even imagine. So you have a couple, and this is going to be an example, and it might be triggering. Um. But you have a couple that lose a baby. Mm-hmm. And there's so much support for women. Mm-hmm. But as if the father didn't have his dreams crushed, as if the father doesn't um, feel that pain, that, loss. that same loss. Yeah. Like, yes, he's not carrying it, but that was his fucking baby. Yeah. And that, that could have been everything that he's ever dreamed of gone suddenly yeah and yet he's there holding the mother in his arms while she's grieving and he's got to like toughen up yeah right and that's i think there's definitely a time when men have to be tough there's a an old yes. an old saying when um or jordan peterson says that we that men we all should have monsters inside of us that is what wins the battles of the day uh, that we should have control over that monster though and then i think in the same token you have to somewhat tame that monster by mm. by by not holding in everything mm-hmm. right i think that there's a time when we got to buck up and we got to yes. be tough but there's also a time when we have to be able to say hey this is this is too much for me i yeah. need a help i need a friend, I need whatever that you you should be able to do that easily, yes, um, and not feel ashamed for for needing. And I agree. I think there's too many men out there that that don't share. Uh, we had uh, Crystal Boys on from Airdrie Power. She's trying to get a shelter here. Th- this town that I'm in, unfortunately, has the highest level of abuse in all of Canada by four times. And she's trying to open a shelter for women. And I said, but what about the guys? Like, even the abusers, they need support or they will just continue to be abusers. Mm-hmm. Someone has to teach them how to how to cage that monster or yeah. control that monster, yes. right? And I think you're right. There's too many times that men are overlooked, but for a good reason. They're, typically, we're the tyrants. Typically, we're the horrible people in the world that started wars, you know, Genghis Khan or... Um, uh, Hitler, Mao's China, uh, all those things were done by men. Uh, and there's almost never been a woman to, to start a war or to create havoc the way men do. And so I think there's some 
area to be made up for what men have done as a whole, and we have to take some responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. But in the same token, I think that comes through sharing our emotions and sharing our feelings and sharing, you know, our spirituality. And, you know, there's cultures around the world where men hug and kiss and, you know, they they really support each Mm -hmm. other. And in Canada, we're like, stop being a baby. Suck it up, buttercup. And it really is all about finding balance. Mm -hmm. It really is. There's... Every uh, every aspect of life. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I love the definition of meek. I think, um, I don't know if you've heard this one before, but um, to be a meek man is the ability to wield a sh- sword, but um, um, choosing to keep it sheathed. So yeah. knowing, like, I just saw this meme the other day, and it kind of made me mad. And then I was like, no, no, this is, this is really true. This, it was basically saying that, um, people that say that they're passive or non-aggressive or non-violent, it's because they don't have the ability. That's not really... Uh, I'm trying to think of the exact wording because I'm not getting it right. So you are only in control if you actually have the capability to be the monster, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if if you don't... If it's irrelevant... Right. <laughs> then you're not... You, you, do you don't have to tell everybody yeah. you're passive if you don't have the yeah. ability to be violent. Exactly. Right? And so yeah. I think that's what men need to do is like, no, no, no. I am feeling very violent right now or mm-hmm. I'm feeling very sad or I, whatever whatever the feeling is. Well, and it's women too, as if we can't get turned up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have every, every ability to turn up just like anyone else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's just learning. Do you ever use that in your paintings? Like you feel complete anger or jealousy or, or whatever negative and then go paint? Or is it usually coming from the place of love and peace and meditation? Ugh, no. It, you know what? Honestly, it rarely is coming from love, peace, and meditation. Okay. That is not who I am. Yeah. I am not. I am like my last name is Love. <laughs> which is beautiful, yeah. but like who I am inside feels fiery. Cool. I have, I, I have so much aggression. I feel like I'm just pent up all the time. <laughs> it, it is like, yeah. I, I, I laugh, don't know how to, I, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just like passion. Yeah. Because yeah. Hmm. I can't remember what the question was. What, what, <laughs> what, uh, I don't either. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, what is your shaman? Oh, right. Okay, wait, hold up. Where do the paintings I remember, come from? Right. Yeah. And I, yes. And even though I say that I try to portray love, for me, it's pulling out the dirt, the aggression, the, yeah. um, the shitty feelings that I have and bringing light to it. Yeah. It is it is not all about like kumbaya. <laughs> I you know, I'm I am not that peaceful of a human being yeah. to Well with your heritage background, you're a true warrior. Right? Scottish We're fucking and, real. Right. <laughs> we throw down. Yeah, First Nations, yes. Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The blood tribe. Blood tribe. Where's yes. the blood tribe from? What's the origin? Uh Lethbridge. Okay. So like I've my never great heard that great before. great uh grandfather was Mike Mountain Horse and he was the chief of the tribe. Okay. And it was just a bloodbath. Yeah. Like we were given the blood tribe name for a reason. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think that in today's world, when we talk about all the abuse that, that the, the English, the Christians, the white people have done to First Nations around the world, I think people forget how violent the First Nations were. We just happened to show up with more people and we made it last longer. But there's... there's um, oh. Well, listen, I'm still here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that we haven't done horrible things, because we most definitely have done horrible things. But all of humanity has done horrible things throughout. Yes. And every tribe, there was, no, there was no tribe or type of people in the world that didn't do something horrible at some point. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I can't speak for anyone else. All yeah. I know is that... I handled me. Yeah. I handled me first. I think I was just remembering back to our first conversation online, and it was, uh, I had commented on your heavy bag work, or was it Oh, mix? yeah, where I dropped my left you hook. dropped your <laughs> left hand. I dropped hand. it. Right. I did. Do I you... was so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy bag. You don't have to be It wasn't lazy. It was the end of the workout. Yeah. Do you do, you do a lot of kickboxing? Um, I used to. I used to. Um Full disclosure, I guess, like after I had my son, I just progressively got quite sick okay. and I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't leave the house. I, I had, uh, I couldn't, I it got to a point where I was focused around napping and I couldn't take care of the kids anymore. Oh, wow. Um, like yeah. Postpartum depression. Uh, no, like I, I was physically sick. Like okay. I, I was essentially bleeding to death. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, <laughs> this is weird, full disclosure, I guess. Uh, so I ultimately, I ended up having a hysterectomy. Yeah. Um, and actually, that is beautiful in itself because while I was um, going through that process, I... Prior to, I did CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where it was like five or six times a week. I was kickboxing. I was belly dancing. Yeah. And on top of that, I was taking the kids outside for walks, bike rides. Like, I was very, very active. For me, that was a healthy mind. Yeah. And uh, when all of a sudden, I, when all of a sudden, I just could not. I couldn't do anything. I went from like a hundred to zero and it was, it was so painful. It was painful mentally. And, uh, I was going crazy. Like ultimately I was losing my mind because I had no outlet. I, I went from being so active to being in bed for about nine months Wow, where I needed help getting in and out of bed. Like it was be anemic. So yeah. brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, the beautiful thing that came from that, though, is because I was losing my mind, I started writing. Yeah. I started drawing in bed. I started painting in bed. And this is how my art career began. Oh, wow. So once I was able to become more mobile and I took my painting, my little bed drawings... And I started painting in the living room and I would just take a raw canvas and tack it up onto the wall and just paint from there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so ultimately um, something quite big happened from this moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I love hearing those stories from uh 
pain and suffering where you um, something grows out of it because I think far too often that that knocks people down completely is yeah. that uh, um, it, 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 they're just down and out they had the 10 count and they're, and they're all done so well so many times so many times I'm like this is where people drop off this right. is where people drop off and every <clears> time you level up you kind of just see where yeah. where you would have given up yeah right and but you don't and you just keep going you're like okay so that was a level that's another level and (laughs) you just keep going at it that's the system though right oh there's the system the ones that don't quit play the game (laughs) (laughs) i i uh i have this friend from uh, born and raised in india and is very corrupt over there financially and in the government and and Mm -hmm. it's a struggle to make a living as a business person over there not Mm -hmm. to be in poverty but he did very well and he still was able to keep his moral ground uh by doing it i was like i was like I, i i can't picture that like how did you not um lose your morality in there how did you not cheat the system a little bit he goes no 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 when you completely understand the system you can work within that system mm, and beat mm-hmm. everybody easily. And from that time that I heard that, I'm like, yep, I can win this game. I don't even I, know what the game is. And <laughs> I understand. I understand that concept. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're, they're definitely, for me, even though it doesn't come naturally to me, and it, I'm like, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. You don't like to be contained into the box. No, but I understand it. Yeah. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> I <laughs> understand it. I know I'm playing a game. And I'm on, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how you keep steps ahead. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree. Um, I wrote a whole bunch of notes here, and I think we've got through almost everything. Why did you start art? Conceptual artists. Hmm. Yeah. Are we missing anything? Is there something you want to share? You shared a lot, and I thank you. Like, this has been awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just off by hand. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's 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 do this. Let's make a plan that every time you're in Calgary, we record another podcast. You come by, I'll make coffee or water. Or whatever. Really? Yeah, yeah. Every time. Amazing. And we'll just catch up and get to know each other better. Oh, that's amazing. Cool. I and would love that. Today, tonight, we're gonna go see Mo America. Hang out with some of your Calgary Mr. friends, Mr. Mo Ammer. Ammer. So excited. Me too. Yeah. I've never. Be I haven't been to show. this casino uh, to Yuck Yuck Jet, so I'm super I have excited. Not. So. I have not yet either. This has been such an amazing trip. Awesome. Calgary treats me so well right. every time. I, are you are you working while you're in Calgary? You just said you did a photo shoot. I did a photo shoot. What so was it this for? became uh for me it it'll be like marketing. Okay. It oh my god. The space it, you know that uh abandoned gas station by Camor? Yes. Yeah. Mm, graffitied. Yes, yes. It is fucking gorgeous. It is. I every time I drive by, I'm like, I gotta pull over, but we're always in a rush to get somewhere. Oh no, no, no! We just took over nice. that whole space. There's it another one. You passed it when you were coming in, uh, north of Airdrie, by Bowden. Oh, okay. I want to say there's one on the west side of the highway as well. It's south of Bowdoin, north of Airdrie. There's another abandoned gas station there. Oh, really? Yeah. Graffiti as well. Oh. And then, um, so when I first moved to Calgary, 
Um, I was hanging out, uh, living downtown, and there was this gay bar, which is the closest bar to where I lived, and it had super cheap beer. So right. uh, I went there for the cheap beer, but I ended up being friends with a bunch of these uh, drag queens and, <laughs> oh, and cross gay bars are my favorite. They're so much fun. That's where the fun is to be had. But they're <laughs> always doing a photo shoot. Always oh, yeah? doing a photo. Fo- it doesn't matter. They're, they love dressing up. They love yeah. getting out and doing photo shoots. Yeah. So we got to see some of the coolest spots in Calgary. So if you Amazing. want more, let me know and I'll uh, I'll let you. S- I'll, I'll find <gasps> some spots. All downtown. the hot spots. There's some uh, really cool old buildings downtown. Like the the Bay Building has some great architecture. Even down yeah. low, you can get some great photos. And uh, Inglewood has a bunch of really old buildings with the graffiti oh, in it as cool. well. So the old uh, brick like railway yes. buildings and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I love graffiti. It's another piece of art that I don't really understand, but when I see it, I'm like, that is freaking amazing. Ugh. The world, yeah. the world just needs color. I know, I agree. We just need color, especially with all the snow falling. I know. Are you a winter person? <laughs> no. I hate the winter. No. You live up in Grand Prairie. That's I like know. almost the North Pole. It's the worst. But you know what? Grand Prairie has treated me really well. Yes. Um, I, like Grand Prairie has treated me really well. I'm so grateful for all the support I've gotten. Yeah. Um, Your kids are there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think home is wherever you make it. Yeah. You could you could put me anywhere, and I will I will make it my home. I was trying to explain this to my fourteen year old. We were driving around last night, and she was complaining about our town. Um, and at fourteen, I know they're trying to find their way, so I'm mm-hmm. not too bad. But you can make home anywhere you go. Anywhere. It's just a choice of making your home. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of friends that took off to the big city and and all of that. And and honestly, last summer I was thinking of piecing out and coming to Calgary. Yeah. Um, but in that process, I uh, I just realized like Grand Prairie right now is where I need to be. Yeah. That's where that's where I need to make my biggest influence. This is the joy of the internet, right? So many people bash it, but it has expanded the world for artists, for for mm-hmm. everybody. Like, how are people that aren't from Grand Prairie going to find your art if it wasn't for the internet and for uh, social media? Well, I don't media? know. I'm starting to get around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so nothing else happening in Calgary right now? Um, no, this, but like for me to go to a photo shoot this morning and, uh, come to a podcast and then tonight we'll have a little bit of pleasure to go see a stand-up comedian. Yes, yes. Um, for me, that's my office. Yeah. That's how I, that's what I call work. That's an amazing office. Yeah. How brilliant. This is what I say about the podcast. Like when this turns into a well-sponsored podcast, how great is this? I get to meet awesome people and, uh, hang out with my son, best producer in podcasting. Oh, I love getting to hang out with Eric. (laughs) Uh, soon to come monkey productions. Yes. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get you paid, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much yeah. uh, for sharing and joining us. And it's uh, my pleasure. Uh, everyone, go check out She Wolf Studios on Facebook and Instagram, and buy lots of art. Aww, buy lots of art. So fill, your, sweet. fill your house. Thanks for the love. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Eric, you want to go to outro? Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. 
this podcast is over. <laughs>